Yo, what's going on, guys? This is the Carson Comic Talk Show, episode number 77. And I'm back here with another episode. This is going to be a huge one, probably one of my most durable and longest episodes yet. You know, guys, get your popcorn, get your drinks, get your Coca-Cola, Sprite, Pepsi, whatever you drink, and just tune in, guys, because it's going to be a long, juicy, really good episode here for you guys. So just relax and just tune in, guys, and listen. So, I didn't post yesterday because I had a really long day. NBA playoffs were on. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff, and I was just caught up watching a lot. NBA playoffs were on in that, this and that, this. There's a lot of NBA playoffs on, so I, I didn't have en- enough time, but I have two episodes of one for today for you, for you guys. So, two episodes of one, I'm going to be talking about my, the script and the episode that... that that I was going to do yesterday, and the one that I had planned for today. So yeah, two really good episodes for you guys in one. You guys cannot get any better than this. This is great content for you guys. And yes, more football talk. Let's get straight to the cusp. Let's get right to it, guys. So, I am going to be talking about the SEC and how they released yesterday. Mind you, this is the first episode out of the 2 I'm going to be talking about for you guys today and giving out for content for you guys today. And the SEC released their full week one slate of games and schedule and matchups yesterday afternoon. And I'm going to be talking about some of my takeaways from it and I'm going to be talking about some of my thoughts I have on it and what I really think about it. So yeah. And before I want to start that, yesterday the, the Saints board of people or whatever announced that there are going to be no fans at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the first two straight home games. Not the Saints. The, the Falcons board or general manager or whatever said it came out with the news yesterday that there's going to be no fans for the, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the first two weeks for the Falcons. So, yeah. And, this, and yeah, I just want to put that out there. And, yeah, so I'm going to talk about really the SEC, how they released their full week one slate schedule and matchups yesterday afternoon and i'm going to tell you guys some of my takeaways from it and i'm also going to be telling you guys really my thoughts and really what i think about it so let's get straight into it it's a 10 game in game conference schedule so there's no out of game out of conference games each team each game for for each team in the sec is going to be in conference because you know it's just one big conference the sec they're all teams joining the play and amid the coronavirus and it's 10 in-game conferences Plus an extra game, so it's it's eleven in-game conference games. It's eleven in-game conference games. Ten plus an extra. Well, it was originally eight, but and then they did it plus two, which would they made it ten in-game conference game in conference games, and then they made it an extra in-game conference game. So it's eleven total conference games, and in conference in game con I mean in conference games. So eleven, so technically ten in conference. Matchups and games for each team in the SEC, plus an extra game, so it's 11 in-conference games for each team in the SEC. So yeah, let's get to the Week 1 matchups, starting sept- game, game week, Week 1, kicks off September 26th for the SEC for college football. And I'm going to name all the matchups, and then I'm going to name games that I'm looking forward to watching most. I'm going to break them down for you. So, first matchup, Florida at Ole Miss. I mean, I, I mean Alabama and Missouri. So you got Bama coming off a hot streak last year. 
Um, we're not really too much of a hot streak. Two attack of a low got injured a lot last year, so they don't have many. When they do have great wide receivers remaining. They still have Jalen Waddle, who's really good, and Devont and Devontae Smith remaining, who's really good. Going to be a great prospect that receiver. And they have Najee Harris at running back coming back. But Mac Jones is going to be the starter because Tua Tagovailoa went, it got drafted by the Dolphins and committed to go into the NFL and come into the NFL draft. So Mac Jones will be the day one starter. That's if he doesn't get injured and and camp. If so, but Mac Jones was looking like the day one starter for Nick Saban's offense. Now it's still a great offense even without guys like Tua Tagovailoa uh, at the quarterback position at the helm. It's still really good without Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy because they have. Basically, two other. They had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, um, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle. So, four really good receivers, minus the, the two best that, of course, one's on the Broncos, one's on the Raiders. Of course, Jerry Judy's a mid on the Broncos, and Henry Ruggs got drafted by the Raiders. But they still have two really good receivers and diverse and dynamic receivers in Devontae Smith, who's the best on the team, and Jalen Waddle, who has electric speed. So, two really good playmakers there um, that will help Mac Jones, you know, in the passing game, will help him out. And we'll and we'll give and we'll give great, great production for Nick Saban's off Nick Saban's offense. And of course, Najee Harris in the rushing game, he's gonna be a beast. He already is a beast. He's a very good running back. Um, Najee Harris is one of the underrated. I think I had him in my top five, definitely when I did my college football um, rankings at each position. I did top three, who I think is be, gonna be the top three quarterbacks. Of course, I won Trevor Lawrence for me too. Justin Fields in three was sneaky good. Trey Lance, and then did wide receivers, um, and then I did running backs. And I think I had Travis Etienne in there. Definitely Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. Um, did have Travis Etienne in there, and I think I had Najee Harris. Yes. But yeah, guys. Nick Saban's offense still consists of some decent players, with you know Mac Jones coming in at uh, quarterback, uh, going to be starting for two attack of a low. Now that he's not there anymore. He's in the NFL. He's on the Miami Dolphins, native of the Dolphins. Um, what I see out of Mac Jones, uh, I think he could be good because of course he has a great, and in my opinion, the best college football coach to ever walk to and from down the sidelines. The best college football coach. Ever and one of the most winningest co college football coaches ever, Nick Saban. Great coach, great energy. I like how he demand. I like how he runs his team. He's a great college football coach. In my opinion, he's the best college football coach of all time, hands down. Pete Carroll's a great was a great college football coach. Uh, right now, you got guys like Mike Leach, the Washington State's a great college football coach. Um, you got guys like. Lincoln Riley, great for Oklahoma. Uh, Matt Rule was great for Baylor. He, he obviously was so good uh, co uh, coaching Baylor that he got a coaching job for an NFL football team, the Carolina Panthers. That's good for him. Congratulations. Congratulations, Matt Rule. It's really good for him. And, um, of course, his great coaches like Big Coach O from LSU. He's a great coach. There's a lot of great coaches out there, but the best among the best you got the best is Nick Saban. Coach O is in there. Lincoln Riley's in there. Mike Leach is in there. Yeah, there, there's a lot of great coaches, but there was really one that stands out and, and the one, the best one, and that is Nick Saban. He's been there for a long time at Bama. Bama Proud Native is Nick Saban. Been there for a long time. Of course, got his, his time to coach in the NFL, coach the Miami Dolphins. 
assistant coach in the mind. I found uh, assistant coach. I think he assistant coach. He was an assistant coach with Bill Belichick's staff. Might have coached with him, Belichick on the Patriots. Um, but he definitely was the head coach of the Dolphins. But yeah, I got Alabama at Missouri. Missouri. Um, I don't really know too much about Missouri. I know Drew Locke went to Missouri. I don't know too much players that come out of Missouri. Um, but yeah, it's still going to be an exciting game because I get to watch one of my favorite college football teams. Of course, the Big Ten is prolonging, so um, I'm not going to and is is deciding to to um, stall right now, and they they don't really want to play in their early openings, regular fall college football time, so they want to postpone it to the spring and play. Hopefully, I hope they do. Big Ten is my favorite conference. Well, actually, well, the SEC is my favorite conference. I love Alabama. I love LSU. I love um, Auburn. I love Tennessee. I love Georgia. I love Texas A&M. Um, and uh, Penn State is my favorite college football team. I love that team. Sean Clifford, at quarterback at the helm for, for Penn State. Journey Brown at running back. Of course, KJ Hammer was at Winters. Now on the Broncos, we got a stacked receiving core. Vic Fangio has a stacked Receiving core with Cortland Sutton on the Broncos. With Cortland Sutton, they got Jerry Judy, choir Jerry Judy. They got um, KJ Hamler and Noah Fan at tight end. Oh, my God. Jeez. They have a really good receiving core. Really, really good receiving core. And, yeah, that's one game, Alabama, Missouri. There's Florida at Ole Miss. Of course, Florida... Um, Florida is one of also... I have a t-shirt uh, of the Florida emblem and logo on my, on my shirt. I love Florida. They're one of my favorite college football teams. I've always loved Percy Harvin. Went there. I love Tim Tebow. And yes, I've been watching football around the 2010s. So about a decade ago, I started watching football. I started watching my first Eagles game. And then I got into college football. So I've been into football for about nine, eight, nine, ten years. Around there. Around ten years. Nine-ish years or so. I've been into football. been watching NFL. been watching college football. Yeah, you got Florida at Ole Miss. Of course, Ole Miss. DK Metcalf's Almer Mater. And, of course, 1K always open. That's his Instagram. At AJ Brown. Of course, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. We're a wide receiver duo at Ole Miss as well. But Florida, Florida just has some great prospects coming out. Florida, CJ Henderson in the corner. He's going to be great for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, he's going to be really good on that on that defensive secondary because Jalen Ramsey has been out ever since early on last year in 2019, his most recent NFL season. So C.J. Henderson has a big role, but now A.J. Boye is not. So we got your best two corners not there anymore, and they the they got rid of him over in the past year. 365 days. They got rid of Jalen Ramsey early on last year, and they got rid of A.J. Boye. He's now on the Broncos. Of course, Jalen Ramsey is top corner in the Rams. But yeah, a lot of big moves for them, and they did get a really good player and prospect and an underrated corner. I wouldn't say he's too underrated. I'd say who's really, like, really looked at. They look at Jeff Okuda highly. Every, everyone praises him and loves highly of Jeff Okuda. Everyone praises him. Everyone praises, you know... I'm not saying people don't praise C.J. Henderson. 
um, that people definitely don't don't look look at him and think that he's as good as a guy like Jeff Okuda, who's a really good number one solidified lockdown corner. But I do think he's still C.J. Henderson. It can be like that. He has good ball skills, good track ball. He tracks balls great in the air, good playmaking, good hand, um, good hand-eye coordination. Um, I like his. He's also like when he moves. I like his technique and how he like jams receivers and five yards. I love to do that. Um, he's a great corner. He's a little bit undersized, but I don't think he that will matter for for um, a guy like C.J. Henderson, who who can be a number one corner in the NFL. I know it can, especially for the team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's gonna man that number one corner spot without because Jalen Ramsey's not there anymore, obviously, and A.J. Boy is now gone to Denver. So yeah, it's a big role for him. They're they're counting on him in that secondary. Jaguars are counting. CJ Henderson, that secondary. And of course, guys aren't looking at CJ Henderson. Well, he's a better prospect than Christian Fulton at LSU, but people looked at Christian Fulton a lot also because he was from LSU. And dime, gold out of the and gold, gold comes in the rubbish at LSU. They're great prospects. A lot of NFL talent players had came. Their alma maters are LSU. One being. Odell Beckham at wide receiver, two being being Tyron Matthew, great safety for the Chiefs, and can also start as a corner in the NFL for the Cardinals, switch to safety, of course, he's also way too dynamic, can play both positions, a hybrid corner slash safety, but he plays safety now for the Chiefs, had a one-year stint with the Texans, didn't go too bad, they still slipped into the playoffs, um, but took a... Fat L during because Andrew Luck tore up their defense. I mean, I mean not. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Andrew Luck tore up their defense. T. Y. Hilton tore up. T. Y. Hilton always tears up the Texans defense. He's been dating, been doing that back to back ever since 2014. T. Y. Hilton has been dominating the Texans defense and the Texans team overall. It's just, it's just T. Y. Hilton's thing. He plays outstandingly well against the Texans. Always, always against the Texans. Got Georgia at Arkansas. Is also week one, a week one matchup. Um, Jake Fromm's not there anymore. Um, Riley Ridley's not there anymore. Of course, guys like Nick Chubb came from there. DeAndre Swift is not there anymore. Um, Georgia's still gonna is still obviously gonna be a ranked team. I don't. They're not, I don't think they're. I think they might fall out of the top ten. But they are a great scouting team, and they're one of the best scouting teams that get good prospects out of high school, like four or five stars, those type of players. They get really good players. Um, Arkansas, I don't know too much about them, but they're not bad. Of course, you got quarterback Jack Lindsey at Arkansas. Jack Lindsey is, is a quarterback for Arkansas who is probably going to start. Um, of course, also... K.J. Jefferson is a quarterback there. Malik Hornsby, Braden Bratcher, and, and Cade Pearson. I know the quarterbacks for them. Um, they don't have too much stars at the wide receiver position. They do have Traylon Burks is not that bad. Trey Knox, eh. Jaqualian Crawford. Yeah, they're not terrible. I mean, yeah, just overall, Arkansas football team is usually not that good. In terms of compared to other, you know, 
really good D1 teams. Rakeem Boyd is a decent running back for them, though. He's not bad. I mean, yeah, so I do know some players on Arkansas, but I don't really follow them. I don't really watch them all that much, but I will watch that Georgia at Arkansas. I love college football. But yeah, another game's Kentucky at Auburn. That's Cam Newton's Almer Mater. That should be a very good game. Very, very good game. You got Mississippi State at LSU. Of course, LSU is without their star players anymore at the quarterback, wide receiver, running back, corner. They still have um, Derek Stingley on that secondary. He's great. They don't have Joe Burrow, star quarterback anymore. He's been a man and play quarterback for Mike Brown and the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not there anymore. He's going to be starting for the Kansas City Chiefs now that Damian Williams opted out. And, of course, great wide receiver Justin Jefferson is not there anymore. He has a big role for the Vikings. You should have Stephon Diggs is in there. Of course, the number one go-to guy for the Vikings and Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. Head coach Mike Zimmer is going to be Adam Thielen taking on a huge role this year. And then, of course, but not something too, too, too bad that he can't handle. I think he can handle it. He's been balling out every year. He got a, a low D2 scholarship, but still made the NFL, working a side job, and he still paved his way to the NFL. Great player. One of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL, Adam Thielen. And, of course, Justin Jefferson's going to be a deep threat for them as well. So, yeah, um, you got new guys coming in, like a new quarterback going to be starring in the system for Big O and LSU. Of course, you got... Big guy, Jamar Chase, is going to be the standout wide receiver for um, for LSU this year. He's taking on the reins to be the number one receiver, number one threat as a receiver for LSU now that Justin Jefferson isn't there anymore. And I think he can handle the word. Just, Jamar, don't get me wrong, Jamar Chase did his thing last year. He, product, he did produce even though Justin Jefferson had more receiving yards and was a, was a better deep threat, and, and just Joe Burrow had a better connection, and that's just what it is. I mean, Justin Jefferson was the better player last year. Don't, Jamar Chase was really good last year, and Jamar Chase still had a great stats last year. Jamar Chase is going to be an NFL prospect, whether you guys like it or not. I mean, he's going to be as like a type player, per se, like, like Justin Jefferson. He kind of reminds me... A little bit of Justin Jefferson. Um, not two similar play styles, but um, kind of similar. Um, but yeah, J Jamar Chase had he's a single holder for receiving touchdowns in a season. He's the SEC single holder for touchdown receptions for for receiving touchdowns in a season with twenty in in last year. He said for him to produce like that. Oh my goodness. And he's an SEC single holder for receiving yards in a season. He had 1,780 last year in 2019. Oh my goodness. He just balled out even with Justin Jefferson there. Like, like Jamar Chase is just really good. He's going to step into his prime. He's going to go off this year. And now he's the number one focal point at receiver for the offense.
Now, the guy, you guys, to replace Joe Burrow is going to be Miles Brennan. Now, I thought Brennan before, he's gonna, he reminds me of a, a Joe Burrow, but, but in a sense, obviously Joe Burrow's all the way on talent-wise way better. You see, Purdue had a hell of a season last year, uh, carrying them to a division title. Not a division title. I'm a championship in college football sense. And his arm, he has all the – Joe Burrow has all the mechanics and the makeups to be a great quarterback. And he puts it out and produces it on the field. Decent size, around 6'3". Great arm, great throwing arm, great accuracy, great short accuracy on all three levels. Great accuracy overall on all three levels of the field, short, medium, and deep. And also, great patience and awareness in the pocket. He's not Tom Brady. He's, he's not your Ben Roethlisberger typical guy that's not mobile. He's a guy that can create for you and escape and elude defenders and get in and out of the pocket to drag on plays and, and drag time on and give his receivers more time to get open. He also has great touch in his deep balls, and he's a great deep ball thrower. And he puts balls exactly where they should be for an including for only where receivers are going, going to be able to catch it. That he just great trajectory and touch he puts on the ball and great accuracy. But Miles Brennan stepping into the quarterback spot this year now. I think Miles Brennan is going to, yeah, Miles Brennan is probably going to be the starter. Stepping into a big role for, for uh, big Coach O's. Offense, uh, he might be able to handle, he might not. We'll see. But yeah, that's another decent game, Mississippi State at LSU. Tennessee at South Carolina is also there. Of course, Jalen Hurd went to Tennessee. Of course, Josh Dobbs went to Tennessee. And South Carolina, Javon Kinlaw went to South Carolina. Javon Kinlaw is great. Javon Kinlaw is not only going to be a dominant pass rusher for the 49ers, but he's just another piece, a big, another big piece to that very dominant pass rushing 49ers defense and very dominant defensive line as well. Once I get Javon Kinlaw, who's going to great pass rusher, big guy, um, quick on his feet, light on his feet a little bit. But... Yeah, yeah, and then you got Nick Bosa on the other side to worry about. And then Fred Warner, of course, linebacker. D4 is linebacker. Drake Greenwell also is a pass rusher. Great pass rushing team. Put a lot of pressure on opposing offenses and quarterbacks. And Javon Kinlow is only going to be a plus from, from here on out for the 49ers. It's, it's a great draft pick. I love Javon Kinlow. I love what he's going to do this year. I have high hopes and high hopes that he's going to do well this year for the 49ers, and I know he will. Similar to how good Nick Bosa did in his rookie year last year. They both are similar, but obviously Nick Bosa is better, but Javon Kinlaw still produces a very good defensive tackle, very good pass rusher. He's a very good pass rusher. And then Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt at Texas A&M is another game. Now, games I'm looking forward to most in week one. So, definitely Alabama at Missouri. I already went over this. I love Alabama football. At Penn State is my favorite college football team. But Alabama is also one of my favorite college football teams. I love Jerry Drew when he was there. I love Henry Ruggs when he was there. I love Devontae Smith. He's coming back. And I love Jalen Waddle. He, he's coming back. Mac Jones, I don't know that much about. But but I know he's a quarterback. He's going to be starting this year. Taking the reins for Tua Tagovailoa. I loved him. And his perseverance and grit 
at Alabama, especially coming in as a true freshman, coming in for Jalen Hurts in that second half to to come back and to win that game against Georgia was unbelievable. Alabama and Missouri is a game I'm looking for. Mississippi State at LSU. I want to see some LSU action this year. I want to see how the team does without Joe Burrow. And another, some more star shot players like Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the running game. And, of course, Justin Jefferson out wide at wide receiver. Of course, Jamar, Ch Jamar Chase is still there. But I, I still want to see how, um, you know, the quarterback comes in. I still want to see how Miles Brendan does coming in and replacing Joe Burrow. I want to see how he fits this team. I want to see if he's a systematic quarterback, um, or I want to see if he's a quarterback that will make the team better on his own, per se, like a Tom Brady, a Russell Wilson. Um, a systematic quarterback is the definition. definition of a systematic quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. I've already went over this a thousand times. I'm not going to go over it a thousand more times because I definitely already went over this too much. And yeah. And another game I'm looking forward to is Florida at Ole Miss. Florida at Ole Miss, man. Yeah, so those are the week one games and slate of games in action. There's about seven games for week one. Three games I'm going to definitely watch. Alabama, Missouri, Mississippi, LSU, and Mississippi State, LSU, and Florida at Ole Miss. Georgia at Arkansas, I'm probably going to watch. Kentucky at Auburn, I might watch. Um... You know, I want to see how a guy like Bo Nix progresses after last year. He had a decent year. We'll see if he can progress and get a lot better at quarterback for Auburn. A lot of good college football to watch, man. And yeah, guys. Now I'll wrap that up. On to what I think about Jerome McCoy possibly having a torn ACL, and he does have a torn ACL. The news came out today, but again, mind you, this episode, the first episode I'm going to be doing today is the one from yesterday that I planned. There's two in one, and and then I'm going to do the one I had planned for today, so double the content for you guys. But yeah, what I think about Jeremy McCoy possibly having a torn ACL and having a torn ACL and being out for the whole 2020 season, and he did today eventually officially get released. But bro, I'm going to go over that on my next episode, which is going to be down the road later, but yeah, what I think about Jerry McCoy possibly having a torn ACL and being out for the whole 2020 season, well, yeah, well, guess what, they, Jerry McCoy is just a small, well, a big little piece of, of that outstanding, revamped, and great, like, outstandingly great Cowboys pass rushing, and up front, def pass rushing, cliche, pass rushers, and up, up front defensive line, without Jerry McCoy, you still have this, they recently signed Everson Griffin, of course, Demarcus Lawrence, Tank Lawrence, that's his Instagram. Great. He is a tank. He's, he's great. Everson Griffin, Demarcus Lawrence, Don Terry Poe, um, former Kansas City Chief. And they got Randy Gregory, who's coming back. Um, Randy Gregory still needs to be reinstated, but that should happen soon. But if he is, he's going to be pass rusher for them as well this year on the defensive line, up front defensive line. And, of course, Auden Smith, former Raider and 49er, coming back as well. So, and Tyrone Crawford coming back off that injury he suffered last year. So, a great pass rushers and unstoppable defensive line. I don't know how, I mean, <laughs> for any offensive line, you can give the Colts offensive line. Of course, Quentin Nelson, he's going to struggle. You can get the Eagles offensive line. 
without Brandon Brooks, we still have a top three offensive line in the NFL. I think we have a top two, actually. Um, Ravens have a great offensive line, but Marshall Yonda at, at guard. Um, yeah, Ronnie Stanley at tackle. They have a great offensive line as well. But yeah, the Eagles without Brandon Brooks, they did get Jason Peters. So Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Alex Alamalu, and Andre Dillard. So, yeah, still star-studded offensive line. A great offensive line, a top three, two offensive line in the NFL. Um, Ravens are in there too. Colts, of course, had the best guard and the highest guard. Highly scarred rated last year, according to PFF Pro Football, which is short for Pro Football Focus. It was Quentin Nelson. Um, Brandon Brooks, in my opinion, was the best guard last year. Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson is great, though. I know Quentin Nelson is better. Quentin Nelson is the best offensive guard and, and guard in the NFL, but but Brandon Brooks, I think, had a better season last year in protecting his little buddy in Carson Wentz, his quarterback. But yeah, that's really what I think about Jeremy McCoy possibly having torn ACL and being out whole 2020 season. Um, they don't really need him, but that's still a loss because what if Tyron Crawford gets injured? What if Randy Gregory does not get reinstated in time to come back? What if Don Terry Poe gets or, or, or Everson Griffin suffers or even Demarcus Lawrence? What if one of them or a couple of them suffer an injury? Gerald McCoy is a great defensive tackle and was great for the Carolina Panthers last year and was good for the Buccaneers over on his career for some years. So he is a key piece of that defensive line, but there's just too many pieces to, you know, just give up on, on the defensive line just because Jared McCoy goes down with a torn ACL. You can't just give up. You have uh, Demarcus Lawrence, the best defensive end and best defensive line on the team. Then you have, of course, Everson Griffin, who they recently signed, um, former defensive end from the Vikings. Who's been about a decade with the Vikings, around there. Of course, you got... Tyrone Crawford just came back with that big injury he suffered last year in 2019 in this most recent in this in the last most recent NFL season, and then you got Randy Gregory. Hopefully he can get reinstated, and then you got Alden Smith coming back, and you got Don Terry Poe, who's great for the Chiefs. So yeah, you got guy you got star started defensive line, and Randy Gregory just because he goes down. Yes, he's a big, he's a, a piece of that big and vastly talented defensive line, but but there's. Other too many other great parts just just to forgo this defensive line and just give up on it just because Jeremy McCoy goes down. But yeah, that's really what I think about Jeremy McCoy possibly having torn ACL and being out for the whole 2020 season. And I'll get into the the, the aftermath of that news with, that he does have the torn ACL and he got released by the Cowboys. I'll talk about that my next talk about that in my next episode. Now on to my well before I start my record predictions, let's get into as yesterday also. Robert Alford, Robert Alford, Alford suffered an injury, and I'm gonna be talking about what I think about Ronald Alford. I mean, what I think about Rob. My bad, guys. Pronounce my bad. What I think about Robert Alford. Ro Robert Alford su suffered a pectoral, a pectoral injury during practice uh, yesterday, and I'm gonna talk about what I think about Robert Alford and him suffering a pectoral injury during practice and being sidelined for some time. Until he can get evaluated. Um, what I think about this, I think that's I think this really hurts the you know the Cardinals secondary. Now, Robert Al Alford was a pretty good. He was a solid corner um, in Dan Quinn's 
on the Dan Quinn's organization and team for the Atlanta Falcons back then. Um, but last year, you know, he suffered a huge injury that forgot him and sidelined him for a while. Um, but it's just, you, it's too much pressure because now that Robert Alford is down, of course you're going to rely on your number one corner, Patrick Peterson, who's been a, who's been a beast his whole career and is still playing at a, a decent enough highly level. But you got to worry at some point in time that they, they get a corner in the draft because they do have a young corner and a very decent at that young corner. With Byron Murphy as well. So Byron Murphy is going to step up in Ronald Alford's spot, probably. Um, but the number one corner is Patrick Peterson. And Byron Murphy stepped up and had a decent amount of experience from, from his playing time last year that he got with Robert, Robert Alford's injury. Again, last year. But I just think this hurts their secondary. Um, I think they're decent enough up front on their defensive line. Um, and their linebacking core, even though they did lose, you know, Vic Beasley to the Titans. But they still have, you know, Grady Jarrett on their defensive line is a great defensive tackle, great pass rusher. Uh, I think they're looking decent enough there, but, but their secondary still needs a lot of help. Patrick Peterson's a solid stud, his number one corner, even though he's a little bit older. And then Byron Murphy's a young gun for them that's going to have to step up and play big for them this year if they want to, you know... The offense is going to do its job. The offense is highly powered. It's looking great on paper. Kyler Murray, rookie of the year last year, had over 2,000 passing yards and over 500 rushing yards himself. Um, he's looking great. Broke all types, all sorts of types, all types of sorts of records. Um, and he, he just got DeAndre Hopkins to go along with a Hall of Fame. Larry Fitzgerald, who has over 15,000 receiving yards in his career and still producing nearly 1,000 yards a year, basically. And, they, and you got Christian Kirk, who is... At the slot, great slot corner, of course, Andy Isabella. But, um, and of course, Kenyon Drake in the running. And the offense looks good. The offensive line could improve a little bit, but I think it's going to block enough well for Curry to get. Uh, um, Curry. I Curry. I meant Murray. I think the offensive line could improve a little bit, could, you know, upgrade a little bit, maybe here and there. But it's still, I think it's good enough to protect Kyler Murray enough to get and, and buy Kyler Murray and give Murray enough time in the pocket to. You know, find DeAndre Hopkins, who's a great deep threat. He has great home run hitters, which is, like, a term for great deep threats with DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk in the slot. He's also a decent deep threat. So, yeah. The offense is looking good, but Robert Alford going down again, man. This guy's injury prone, bro. He was good on the, on the Falcons, but since he came to the Cardinals last year, he was injured for, some, for a while and just... Stuff is not going right for him. And, yeah, that's really what I think about Robert Alford suffering a pectoral injury during um, practice yesterday and being sidelined for some time. Now on to my AFC East predictions. My AFC East record predictions. Now, recently in my podcast on my most recent episodes... I went over the whole NFC, all, you know, four divisions in the NFC. I went over the NFC East, my record predictions for all, all four teams in the NFC East, Eagles, Cowboys, uh, Giants, Reds, uh, Redskins, Giants, and I also went over NFC West, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers. And then I also went over the day later, 
the NFC South. Buccaneers, Saints, Falcons, Panthers. And then also went to the NFC North and did went over that. Uh, Vikings, Packers, Lions, and Bears. So yeah, on to the AFC. My AFC East record predictions. I'm going to start with the New England Patriots. I have them first in the division. I think they're going to win the division. I think they're an underrated team. Um, you know, I was rooting. I was going on the on my podcast. I've been... I, I originally had the Bills. I made a change. I'm going to go... What Like earlier when I did my projections for this, I had the Bills at first. That was before Bill Belichick decided to go and get a guy like Cam Newton. And then at, a, at that, a healthier Cam Newton. Like he's healthy now. And then I just realized like, man, oh man, if they can do what they did and go 12-4 and four last year with Tom Brady and have no deep threats, have just slot receivers with Edelman and a good possession receiver who can run short and intermediate routes with Hamid Sanu and a decent enough running game with Sonny Michelle and James White being compliment Sonny Michelle being a decent receiving back. And then, and then yeah, like, I just really thought about things, and I really realized that, and that Benjamin Watson retires, they don't have him anymore, and they, that they're going to rely on Matt Lacoste and Devin Asiasi. And Ryan Izzo. So the depth chart at tight end is probably going to be the starter. is going to be um, Matt Lacoste. Uh, the backup is definitely going to be Ryan Izzo, and the third string is going to be the rookie that they drafted this year, um, Devin Asiasi. Yeah, but then I realized, well, they got Cam Newton. And, and like I mentioned, what they did with Tom Brady last year, going 12-4, and and Bill Belichick based the offense because they had no deep depths around the short passing game, which complements Brady's game so well. He's an elite short passer, one of the best, has one of the best accuracy in terms of short passing of all time, if not the best. Um, yeah, he's lethal in the short passing game. Really accurate. And that really helps out a guy like Edelman, who's a great slot receiver and runs shorter routes and not, not so much deeper routes. And that helps, you know, Mohamed Sanu worked a lot this offseason, and I think he's going to become a deep threat for them, not just a possession receiver and just running the short and intermediate routes. So I think he can do, he's going to do a little bit of both. Uh, J- Jacoby Myers is going to do a lot, you know, on the short and intermediate routes, and he could be a deep threat as well. Marquise Lee did opt out. Um, they don't have too much targets on the offensive side of the ball. Um, in, the, in the wide receiver room, they have Edelman, of course, Mohamed Sanu, um, Jacoby Myers. Um, they had Marquise Lee, but he opted out. Yeah, just basically Edelman, um, Mohamed Sanu, Jacoby Myers, and really Matt Lacoste at tight end. Just those three best wide receivers. But yeah, um, a guy like Jacoby Myers is going to have to step up. And he's gonna, cause he's gonna get more experience and more playing time. Because Edelman's gonna be lethal in the slot. He's gonna be, and Mohamed Sanu is probably gonna be more outside. It could be a possession receiver as well, and complement to be as a deep threat and run the. Sh- I mean, and be a deep threat and as well as be like a, a decent, you know, possession receiver in the short passing game, that's intermediate passing game, run the short and intermediate routes. But yeah, Mohamed Sanu, I've watched a lot of his Instagram, I've checked out a lot of his Instagram. This, he's putting in serious work. He is putting in serious work. And he invited Sideline Hustle, which is a, a very, very popular, you know, skills coach for football, for wide receivers. 
Rabbi and Hustle, and he, he literally invited him to, to live, to stay at his house while they were training. While Sideline Hustle was working him out. I mean, that's just ridiculous. He wants to put in all that work to get better. He's good, definitely going to show up this year. Muhammad Sunu, you're going to see how much he improves this year and how much he makes this offense just that more dynamic. And, of course, in the running game, Sony Michelle. Um, I feel like Sony Michelle could be a little bit better if he provided a... Well, he doesn't need to provide to be a solitary receiving back because that's, that's already James White. He provides... That tone of helping, he's going to help Cam Newton as that receiving back, as also running back. But Sony Michelle's going to have to do all, basically most of the workload and most of the work in the rushing game. But Cam Newton, yeah, what they did last year with Tom Brady, who is not nearly athletic, as athletic or as mobile as Cam Newton. And honestly, Cam Newton is not that far under Tom Brady in terms of passing. Cam Newton, you're forgetting, guys, you don't underrate this man. He's, he... he he, he, this man, so-called kid, so-called hardworking kid that Bill Belichick said yesterday morning on, um, I saw it on YouTube, he said, I saw an alert, he said, he's a very hardworking kid, hardworking kid, yeah, that's a kid who won the MVP with the Carolina Panthers back in 2015 and carried his team to damn near a 16-0 and record to, to tie the Miami Dolphins, but, I mean, not the Miami Dolphins. The um, also the the Detroit Lions. Or yeah, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, yeah. But the one loss to Atlanta Falcons that was a close game, tough loss. Um, but they, yeah, they went, ended up going fifteen and one. He led his team. Um, of course, past Russell Wilson and the Seahawks in the divisional round, and Pete Carroll. Um, and they led his team past the. A young, not young, um, a little bit older Arizona Cardinals team with Carson Palmer at the helm at quarterback and Bruce Arians. That was when Bruce Arians was the Cardinals coach, and that's when they were decent. And then, of course, came down to the wire, but that strip sack by Von Miller, and he picked it up as well. Yeah, you guys are forgetting Cam Newton is still a great quarterback in this league, and when healthy, um, at the best of his abilities, he's definitely, when healthy, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Um, you know, but when he has injury bugs during the season, I wouldn't put him in the top 10 because whenever injuries tend to happen with him, it gets in his way of, you know, winning games and it also gets in his way of, you know, producing for his team. As you saw last year, things weren't really working with him because the injuries really derailed his season and took over the vivid picture of the season. Really, I, I mean, if he was healthy for the Panthers last year, um... I think they would have been a much, much better football team last year and would have won a few more games. Because with the weapons he had, he had, per se, with McCaffrey last year, McCaffrey had over 1,000 yards receiving and over 1,000 yards rushing, third player only ever to do it. And he's in line with that list with Eric Dickerson. So him and Eric Dickerson are two out of those three players to ever do it. And that, that's high praise. I mean, that's really high praise. Well, yeah, and he had DJ Moore had over 1,000 yards saying Curtis Samuel had over 600. So, yeah, he, he could have been very dangerously good last year, but injuries just took over him took over him, and really just screwed up his year. But, um, yeah, Cam is healthy. Um, he's getting back in the thick of things. He's learning dingy's nose in the playbook with Bill Belichick. Um, you know, what Bill Belichick likes to do 
he likes to repair players' careers. He did it with, um, you know, he, he led Randy Moss when he was on the Patriots, led him along a little bit as, as when he was not on the Vikings, his careers had a little bit of a drop-off. Um, and they really got him. He, he decided to get Randy Moss on the team. He was top two receiver of all time. Um, and then he just led him along, and he played great. He tends to do that a lot, and he also tends to get smaller slot receivers and make them make them really good out of like being overlooked. Like Edelman was not never Edelman was supposed to be Edelman was a quarterback in the NFL. Edelman was drafted as a quarterback at first, but, but but Brady was there, so obviously they had to switch him to wide receiver, and he had good size for a slot receiver, and which, you know, at that time, a guy like Wes Welker, you know, time was ticking out for Wes Welker. He was about to, his, his career was about to end very soon, so a guy like Edelman and Amendola, he, he loves to repair players' careers, and he loves to get slot receivers, short slot receivers. Particularly Wes Walker, of course, Edelman, Dam- uh, I mean, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. He gets guys like um, Chris Hogan. He gets all these types of good slot receivers. But back to Cam Newton. Um, yeah, he's getting to the thick of things. Um, I've heard. I watched inside, inside Training Camp live a little bit last night. I was hearing um, that you know Cam Newton was was just settling in, made some some priority mistakes here and there, but 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 he he's after that, Belichick, Belichick, I mean, Bill Belichick, sat him aside and talked to him and said, you know, settle down, you know, calm down, just settle in and trust the process. And, he, you know, he started getting used to it, and he started really coming along. But, yeah, I think this offense is going to be scary. Not the offense, but I'm saying that Patriots overall, they have a scary quarterback, and when, when he's healthy, a scary quarterback. And Cam Newton, if you saw... Um, former MVP back in 2015 of, of the NFL overall, and former they lost in the Super Bowl, but he carried his team to a 51 record overall. The regular season then carried his team past the Seahawks in the division round, and then past the Cardinals the NFC Chip. And but they did lose in the Super Bowl, but he still carried his team to the Super Bowl. So you gotta give respect where it's due. And that's what I'm gonna do. And the defense on to the defense. The defense for the New England Patriots is unbelievably good. It is so good. Now. The, the players that they lost, they lost Dante Hightower. Well, they didn't lose. Well, yeah, technically they lost Dante Hightower. They didn't give him up, but they lost him because he opted out. They lost Shaq Lawson, who's on the Dolphins, I think. But, yeah, the, and, and they lost Kyle Van Noy. So they lost two players of the Dolphins in the AFC East rival for them, um, Shaq Lawson and Kyle Van Noy. Jack Lawson was played with three. He's gonna play with three teams now in the AFC East. Played with the Bills before the Patriots, then he came to the Patriots, and he's on the Dolphins. Yeah, he lost two players. He lost Dante Howard Tower, who opted out. Great linebacker. And they lost Kyle Van Noy, who's also a great linebacker to the Dolphins. And they lost Jack Lawson as well. Um, but the key fronts on their defensive line, who they still do have, especially especially in their secondary, Stephon Gilmore, the best corner in the NFL, lockdown corner. Um, the McCourty brothers, Devin McCourty, obviously is a pretty good safety in this league, and, and his brother Jason McCourty is a, is a pretty decent corner. Of course, they don't have Deron Harmon anymore. 
Um, but they did, they did get Patrick Chung back. I'm aware of that. So Patrick Chung plays. He can play corner safety, primarily probably safety, uh, primarily corner, even, even that too. Yeah, the defense doesn't look that bad. Um, of course, the guys that they lost are key parts, but but they're still a uh, top tier uh, defensive team, especially because that secondary that helps a lot. Stephon Gilmore, of course, the McCourty brothers. Devin McCourty at safety, Jason at corner. Um, yes, the defense is pretty good. And like I mentioned, on the offensive side of the ball, they are looking good, but they don't have deep threats for Cam. So I'm wondering how Cam is going to adjust his game more to the short, you know, easier, quicker timing plays as well as where he when he was in Carolina with with um, Ron Rivera it, there was plays where there was longer developing routes with guys like Philly Brown Kelvin Benjamin of course DJ Moore recently Curtis Samuel longer developing routes for those type of receivers um, Devin Funches yeah there wasn't really that good of a short game um, except for McCaffrey who's a great receiving back out of the backfield you get him in the short passing game but but, um, yeah, it wasn't really that much of a short passing game for, you know, a guy like Cam Newton when he was on the Carolina Panthers. But, yeah, back to the offensive side of the ball. At tight end, a guy like Matt Lacoste is going to need to step up big and make himself available as another target to um, on the Patriots' offensive side of the ball for Cam Newton because... You know, Cam Newton, there's eventually a time where Edelman is not going to be open. Well, that's not. Edelman's open every play, but Jacoby Myers, my, Edelman might be locked up. Sanu might not be open. Jacoby Myers might not be open. And tight ends got to step up. Guys like Matt Lacoste, Ryan Izzo, and maybe Devin Asiasi if he gets some 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 action on the field or playing time on the field. The guys like those tight ends need to step up for Cam. Need to be very reliable, almost like a safety blanket. Like Heath. Like, Heath Miller was from Steelers, and, like, Ertz is for, you know, the Eagles and Carson Wentz, and, like, Kittle is for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, and, like, Travis Kelsey is really for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and, like, Mark Andrews is for Mark Jackson, John Harbaugh, and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, but, yeah, I have the really... Patriots going 12 and 4 or 11 and 5. The ceiling 13 and 3. That's if all the cards fall down where they should. And floor 9 and 7. That's if, you know, Cam struggles a little bit with injuries or he just struggles a little bit and doesn't really get the thick of the plays and just struggles a little bit. But I do think they clinch the division at 12 and 4, 11 and 5. I'm aiming at 12 and 4 probably as a probable record for the Patriots. And they win division. Like I said, they were 12-4 and and won the division last year with Tom Brady at quarterback with no deep threats, like I mentioned. Now, they get a guy like Cam Newton who's more athletic and way more athletic than Brady. Um, not as accurate of a passer, but still a really good, has really good arm does Cam have and really good accurate, really good accuracy. But yeah, you got a lot of talent there with Cam, especially with his mobility and uh, and aside from what he can do, and also he's great in the passing game. Great arm, great accuracy, big arm, good touch on the deep balls. And yeah, I had the Patriots going twelve and four, or eleven and five, but twelve and four probably. Number two in the the number two in the division, right after the Patriots, I had the Buffalo Bills. Now I have them going. 
10 and 6. Possibly I was I was going over this and I said I looked at their schedule and I said possibly 11 and 5. Now, you guys can probably predict that 11 and 5 is not that probable anymore now saying now that the Patriots have Cam Newton. But 10 and 6 I think is not a long shot for the Bills and Sean McDermott and Josh Allen going into, you know, his third year. I think Josh Allen needs to take a big step this year. He did take a big step in, in his sophomore slash second year last year um, for the Buffalo Bills at home at quarterback. Um, he took a huge step at that. Not too huge of a step. I think he took a big enough step. He carried his team to the playoffs. 10-6 and six record. Had over ten, had, had a 10 wins. Uh, passed the 10 wins or, or more mark. So had over 9 wins. Um, you, they were 10-6. and six, um, But that's without... Now they got digs. So now they got digs. And not to mention Ed Oliver, he's probably, he's coming back, and they got the great secondary on their defense. You know, with with Tre'Davious White, the top three corner in the NFL, um, of course Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, of course Matt Milano, of course AJ Klein. They, they have great, great, a great defense. Of course Matt Milano, AJ Klein, um, of course linebackers. Ed Oliver's a pass rusher, great pass rusher. They've one of the top defenses in the NFL, um, but yeah, that what they did on the offensive side of the ball last year. You know, Devin Singletary in the running game, he had a mediocre year. I think he had around 900 rushing yards, like high 800s. Um, I wouldn't say it's mediocre in the rushing game. I think that's a big part. I wouldn't say it's too big of a part because with the offensive line they have. To block for Josh Allen that buys Josh Allen so much time in the pocket. And w- without Diggs last year, they really had two good receivers. They had one who went for over 1,000 yards receiving, John Brown. They don't call him smoke for no reason. John Brown went for over 1,000 yards receiving last year. And most people thought John Brown, when he, whenever he was on the Cardinals, then the Ravens, then, then you come to you know Buffalo, oh, he's just a fast guy. He's not going to play. He's not a playmaker for you. He's not a 1,000 yard receiver proved all the haters wrong, and he did it against top teams in the NFL, especially huge game last year. I think it was a Saturday edition game against the Patriots. Oh my goodness. Boy, oh boy, did he burn Stephon Gilmore. He blew him out the water. I mean, Stephon Gilmore's the best corner in the NFL. He, he burned him. I mean, just the speed is there. You got the speed with John Brown. I think I think he, he could play in the slot, but primarily deep threat. We get Diggs is going to be a very good deep threat as well. Had over a thousand yards receiving last year. Um, Diggs is just off the charts. Well, I think he's a good possession receiver. He can run the short and intermediate routes. But the guy who really they need to be focusing on the short game is a guy like Cole Beasley, who I think a former Cowboy has a lot of experience um, in a great Cowboy system. You know, wasn't so great. It's going to be even better. I think with Mike McCarthy now, I don't think Jerry Jones is going to, you know, bust his head. Worrying on coaching, but um, we got a guy like Mike McCarthy who has a lot of playoff winning games experience, a lot of winning, winning experience. Of course, he coached an all-time great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers um, for a while. But I really do think, you know, that the Bills, Cole is a great slot receiver. He usually has around 500 receiving yards a year. Great, great, great player. Now, great triplet of receiving, receiving receivers with, you know, a guy like, um, you got Stephon Diggs, John Brown, two great deep threats, one on each side, and then Colby's in the slot, and then Devin Singletary in the running game, 
So it's looking good. Decent offensive line to buy time for Josh Allen. Then a very good defense, like I mentioned. Um, I have them going ten and six, possibly one and five. Their ceiling is twelve and four, without a doubt. That 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 that's if all the cards fall right. That's if Josh Allen has round four, well over four thousand path. That's if Josh Allen has a career year and one of the best years he will have in his career. And that's if they make it deep. That if they go twelve and four, I I highly because Josh Allen had made the playoffs for his first time in his two year career as of last year. He's going into his third year this year. He has playoff experience now. He played the Texans last year. Last year. Now, if that was a rematch right now, I have the Bills winning because they don't have Hopkins anymore. They're there. The Texans do have Brandon Cooks, you know, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, and they got Randall Cobb. But Will Fuller's injury prone. Randall Cobb has struggled as of recently. And a guy like um, Kenny Stills is decent. Brandon Cooks is injury prone. Yeah, ceiling 12 and 4, 4, 9 and 7. I don't see that. That's not bad. 9 and 7. That means just everything doesn't work out and there's more overrated that, that people think. And that's just, just they have a decent year. I think Josh Allen could take that next step. So yeah, the Bills, second in the division at 10 and 6. I was thinking about 11 and 5, but nah, you gotta go. I'm choosing 10 and 6. Third in the division. Now, I it was close. It's between the Dolphins and Jets at 3 and 4. Interchangeable spots, but I went with the Dolphins at third in the division. Third in the division, uh, behind the Bills and second division, of course, behind the, the team that I think is going to win the division, the Patriots at one, but behind the Bills too. But I definitely think the Dolphins are going to have a better year than the Jets, and here's why: better coaching. You know, with a guy like Brian Flores, he's a way better coach than Adam Gase, and now Adam Gase hasn't coached much in the NFL, not nearly as much as. Uh, Flores, and Flores does have experience with the Patriots and Bill Belichick, so that could be why he's a great coach. But, you know, last year, I, I've, I've always said that shocked the Dolphins beat the Eagles. I, I, they played outstandingly on the offensive side of the ball, which was just paramount to, to really an Eagles team that I thought was just going to blow them out. I thought it was a home run game. I thought, I thought the Eagles were going to blow them out. Now, I knew Devontae Parker was going to get his touches, but you match up a guy like Avante Maddox, who got mossed by him twice. Sidney Jones. Devontae Parker had over 1,000 yards receiving last year. Dude, top 10, top 15 definitely in terms of receiving yards. Top 10, I think. Um, but yeah, Devontae Parker had a great game, outstanding game. Definitely one of the best games of his career. Oh yeah, but and then Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, usually plays well in games that don't really matter. Um... He tends to win, win, win big games here and there, but then fall short and just lose a lot. He did that with the Buccaneers in 2018. <laughs> with the, we have weapons as well. He had this, this, this quarterback, Ron Fitzpatrick, had Mike Evans and DJX at receiver, and Chris Godwin, and OJ Howard at tight end, and he still couldn't win big games. But yeah, and the Dolphins... You know, they did upgrade a little bit. I mean, okay, Devontae Parker is coming back. Albert Wilson's coming back. I think he, Albert Wilson opted out. Jakeem Grant is coming back. Didn't play all that much last year. He's a speedy threat that they won the slot probably. Um, and the running back situation I think will help. They get they get two really, you know, experienced running backs who have started in this league. Jordan Howard, who has had a productive 
two 1,000 yards rushing year back in 2016, 2017, or 2018. Two of those years, out of those three years, he had over 1,000 yards rushing um, with, with the Chicago Bears. I mean, great, great running game. And they got Matt Breida who can compliment Howard. You know, if he gets injured, they can both compliment each other because Breida is a fast in the top five. One of the top, one of the fastest players in the NFL. Top five fastest player in the NFL. But yeah, I'm gonna continue this, talking this in the next ep- in this next episode. But yeah, yo guys, I'm continuing this episode. Um, you know, I just put out there that I just previously previously stopped my recording about a few minutes ago of episode 77, part one. Now this is part two. I didn't finish talking about the Dolphins. I left off. Talking about, you know, the offensive scheme and really how good. I talked about Brian Flores for a little bit, but back to my AFC East record predictions. I left off at number three, the Dolphins, who I have in third in the division. Um, And, yeah, I was talking about Ryan Patrick and the offense. So let's go to the offense. Of course, Brian Flores has, you know, coaching experience with a great Hall of Fame coach. uh, Top, definitely one of the best coaches of all time. Don Shula, in my opinion, is my favorite my favorite to be better than Bill, I think he's a better coach than. Uh, he's definitely more winning coach. Not in terms of Super Bowls, just more games won does Don Shula have than Bill Belichick. But Bill, Bill Belichick's far, far from retiring. So as a coach, so I don't think he. That's that's too of a long shot for Bill, Bill Belichick to break. But Don Shula, R.I.P. Rest in peace. Died a few months ago. Um, that's that that's a guy I've really always loved. I love Don Shula and what he did. The Dolphins, I mean, he was a part of that 16-0 run, you know, with, with Dan Marino at quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, they had it going, I mean. But, yeah, I left off in talking about the receiving core and the general offense. I talked about already how I think they didn't have an efficient rushing game last year to the Dolphins, so I think that hurt them. But now getting a guy like Jordan Howard and a guy like Matt Breida, two of which have – have had a lot of experience playing in the NFL, one of which started in the NFL for about, is going to start for three NFL teams, including the Dolphins, two. He started previously with, with the Bears in 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019, that last year, he started for the Eagles for about a stretch of two, three, four, five games, and that got injured. Miles Sanders took over and just bought out. But, um, yeah, Jordan Howard, the, the thing I have with him, He's great because he will provide a good rushing game if healthy. Now, that's that's the only question. Can he stay healthy? Um, when the Eagles needed him most last year, he blanked. He got injured. But thank the Lord we had a guy like Miles Sanders to pick up the slack. Because if we didn't have a guy like Miles Sanders pick up the slack, then then that 9-7 and seven record, I think, would probably be cut down to 8-8, eight and eight, to be honest with you. I think we probably would have lost that game against the Cowboys in Week 16. I think the Cowboys probably would have made the playoffs. That's how big of, a, of an addition Sanders was last year to to our, you know, our, our comeback run from from five and seven to nine and seven, winning four straight to make the playoffs. But um, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, but I mean, back to the running. Um, yeah. Jordan Howard, you you guys forget, you guys probably don't even know this. Jordan Howard, when he was on the Bears, I think it was a stretch of the three years. Two of years he did it, but out of the three years, I don't know which three. I'm sure it's 2017 or 2018 or 2016, either 2016, 2017, or 2018. He had a back-to-back, he definitely might not have back-to-back, but he had a 1,000 yards rushing in two out of those three series in that, uh, two out of those three years. 
2016, 2017, 2018. Two out of those three years, he had 1,000 yards rushing for the Chicago Bears. Very productive. Very, very productive. Um, he's a guy that's a power back. He's bulky. He's big. He runs hard. He won't go down after one hit. I like that about him. Um, speed, I don't... Mm, speed's not that good. I mean, he's mediocre. He's mediocrity in terms of speed. Um, could definitely work on his cutting ability and speed, but solid enough vision. I mean, he's a guy that's not too slow. He's a guy that hits holes you know, properly, reads his blockers properly. He's a, he's a guy that, that's very matured into a, a, you know, a, a mature NFL running back that can, that's an average NFL running back in this league. A little bit better than average on the Bears. Like I mentioned, 2,000 years rushing seasons in the stretch of three years. But yet, and, and, and they, 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 can do, they get Matt Breida as well to compliment him. Now, Matt Breida is a top five He's one of the top five fastest players in the NFL right now. He's so fast. He clocked in at like 20 miles per... Bro, this boy... Bro, that run... That breakout run he had against the Browns, running straight through the defense, huge asshole from like Ron... From like Joe Staley or McGlinchey that probably created that hole on the offensive line. But dude, was so... He's so fast. You know Denzel Ward was not... Yeah, you... Oh my... Bro, you know Denzel Ward really... Yeah, no one in that secondary is going to catch up to a guy like Matt Breida. Um, Matt Breida is so fast. And I think he, he will complement um, Jordan Howe in the running game as well. So they have a better running game. I think that will help them as far as how their offensive you know, production will go. But the receiving game, you know, I think Albert Wilson opted out. But Devontae Parker coming off in a 1,000-yard season, best year by far in his career. Great, great year. Um, you got a guy like Jakeem Grant coming back. I think he's going to man the slot because he's fast. You got a guy like Mike Gusecki, who was, he wasn't bad last year in his rookie year. Um, not bad. I mean, Mike Gusecki, um, of course, he didn't have eye-popping stats. Um, but he did have a solid 300-400 receiving yard. I think... It was a little bit under 500 receiving yards, but I, that's not bad for a rookie year, and especially with Devontae Parker having over a thousand yards receiving. Um, that's not bad. I mean, he's kind of productive. He was productive a little bit last year for, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brian, Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins. But yeah, um, the offensive line is. It needs work. Um, I think they look. I think the offensive line is kind of risky to me. I think they need a better offensive line if you want to win now. I'm not sure they want to win now. I think they want to develop um, a chemistry with their players, and I think they want to win when Tua Tagovailoa gets in. Whether may whether that be this year when he's healthy, I do think he's going to play this year. Um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's a day one starter for them. I do think... Um, a guy like Tua Tagovailoa will come in and play and get a lot of experience. Um, they're not going to throw him in like you would your best player on your team, your best receiver. They're not going to start him and throw him in week one, or maybe even week one to five. Um, it depends if Fitzpatrick plays bad, defensively plays well. If, if Fitzpatrick has lucky games like he does, he did against the Eagles, like he did against the Saints, they're going to keep Fitzpatrick, ride the hot hand. If Fitzpatrick... Messes up a lot. If they go 0-3 or so, they're going to put Tua Tagovailoa in. The fans are going to want it, even though there might not be fans at the stands at all, or at least a low capacity of them. Um, fans are going to want Tua, fan favorite Tua Tagovailoa to get in. And that's exactly what Blind Flores is going to do 
but I do think they're not a win-now team mentality. I think they have a good enough roster to compete slightly um, for a wild-card spot. I don't think they're going to get a wild-card. I think they go 6-10. and 10. Um, Their projected win total is around 6. For me, it's around 6, 6.5. So... Seven and nine is too high. Um, a six and ten is where I see them, and I only say six and ten. I see Devontae Parker having a great year, possibly with thousand yards receiving as well. I see if Jordan Howard can stay healthy, he's going to go off. Matt Breida compliment him being a very good speedy running back, and I also see um, a guy like Mike Gusecki being a great, great addition as a tight end and just having a very productive year, maybe around that five hundred receiving yards mark for career high. But that defense, that defense though, that secondary is nice. I'm not gonna, and it's not too nice. It's I, I didn't mean to say it's nice. It's not nice. It's per it, se. If they kept Minka Fitzpatrick, why, all right. First of all, we're not even gonna get into that. They should have never let a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick slip out of his hands. Led the league in interceptions and didn't play the whole season with the Steelers, and he had six interceptions at the time he was on the Steelers. And that's not for a full season, so that's imaginably great. But um, Xavier Howard, okay, yeah, he's on the PUP list, got the coronavirus. Um, hopefully he recovers well. He will probably be back in week one in about under about three and a half weeks when the NFL kicks off. And, oh, by the way, three and a half weeks. I'm so happy for the NFL coming back. NBA playoffs, but when the NFL comes back, my favorite sport, football is obviously by far my favorite sport. You guys probably should know that by now. But, um... Yeah, uh, the Dolphins, you know, the Dolphins had something going around 2015, 2016. They had Cameron Wake. Um, didn't work out well. Cameron Wake's on the Titans. You know, the Dolphins had, they had, they had Nadamik and Sue. Um, y'all know how that worked out. So they had chances at big playmaking pass rushers. Um, it's, it's not really worked out all, all that great. Um, yeah, it just it just hasn't the cards haven't fallen in the right slot and place. But the secondary isn't that bad. I mean, it's not terrible. But yeah, I see they go six and ten. Um, because you never know. Brian Flores is a great coach, and you compare that with they are much much more revamped in terms of the running game with Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, and not to mention they they do have, you know. Good. They have a good receiver in Devontae Parker. I mean, they still need to improve in that, that area. But, yeah. Um, I've been going 6-10. and 10. Now, last but not least, Jets in 4th Division. I have them going 5-11. and 11. you agree with that? Okay. I've been going 5-11, and 11, dude. Now here's why. I have them going five and eleven because yes, I think Sam Darnold is a greatly talented quarterback. He has all the talent in the world. Now, it can be used well with Adam Gates' offensive scheme, but but it's just the offensive line was tremendously horrific. Not giving him any time in the pocket to show those greatly widely beasting skills he has, great arm talent. Improving his footwork, working out with uh, Carson Palmer's older brother, Jordan Palmer, another former NFL quarterback. Um, getting great work in with him in this offseason sand work. It's just 5-11, and 11, I think, is a foreseeable record for them. 
I think he's going to have a better year, Sam Darnold. I might think he's maybe at career high passing yards with over 3,000, maybe around 4,000. Um, but just the receivers, they gave up Ronnie Ander Robbie Anderson, okay? Jamison Crown the slot. I think Denzel Mims is the number one priority at receiver to develop. He's going to be there for a long time if he if he develops to be the receiver. I think, even I think he is. I think he's going to be great. Um, Jalen Rieger, I think, is better. Chase Claypool, I think he's Denzel Mims better than Chase Claypool. Brian, Brandon Ike, I think he's going to have a better career than Den Denzel Mims. Well, I don't think he's going to have a better career than Denzel Mims, but I think Brandon Ike is great. But, um, yeah, the Jets just struggle a lot. Le'Veon Bell didn't even have a 1,000 yards rushing last year coming off his holdout season 2018 with the Steelers. Um, but, yeah, Le'Veon Bell is an underrated fantasy you know, running back. He's a running back you definitely want to get. He's very good. Very, very, very good. But the main problem I have with the Jets, they have Robbie Anderson. I mean, the receiving core, they gave up Robbie Anderson, but they still have Jamison Crowder. They drafted Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims is going to be deep threat. Um, Chris Hogan's probably going to be in the slot as well, or deep threat, because Jamison Crowder is in the slot. They did acquire Chris Hogan as well. Um, they did acquire Brashad Perryman, for, from, who didn't. He had over around 500, or oh, a little bit, tapped over 500 receivers last year in the Buccaneers with Jamis Winston. No, when Mike Evans went down, Brashad Perry was a guy that had to step up a little bit and produce. They don't have a bad receiving core. Of course, great running back in Le'Veon Bell. They get they get a big offensive lineman, great offensive lineman, probably one of the best in the draft, definitely one of the best, Makai Becton out of Louisville. He's going to produce great blocking for you, but 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 they need more and more pieces to that offensive line to help out Donna. But offensive line definitely got better. Now, go to their the tight end. Chris Herndon's coming back. Ryan Griffin's going to be there. Now, go to their, um, let's go to their defense. Of course, the recent and huge news, giving up, trading Josh Adams. I mean, giving up Josh Adams to the Seahawks. Um, trading him, actually, for um, a guy like Bradley McDougal, who's going to be the starting safety now, and replace Josh. Um, I mean, not Jamal Adams. My bad, guys. Of course, the big news for the Jets, giving up Jamal Adams to the Seahawks in a trade that they acquired for Jamal Adams, Bradley McDougal, and a few picks. And now Bradley McDougal is going to hopefully, in the, 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 the Jets' thinking, hopefully replace a guy like Jamal Adams, but you can't replace the best safety in the league and by far the best strong safety in the league. Not by far, because Duran James is up there, but yeah. It's going to be hard to replace a guy like that, the best safety in the NFL. But yeah, um... <sighs> And CJ Mosley opting out so that you lose him. Still have Avery Williams, a young linebacker. He's 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 pretty good. Um, pass rushing, as far as that goes, um, they still need a little bit of fixing in terms of their defensive line. It's not it's not that bad. It's just it's 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 not star studded like other teams. But yeah, overall, I have them going five and eleven. On to my AFC West predictions. Yep, and that wraps it up for the AFC East predictions. On to my AFC West predictions at number one in the division, obviously, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I have them going 12-4, and four, but possibly 13-3. and three. Um, What I'm going to lead toward, uh, probably 12-4, and four, but 13-3 and three can definitely still happen. The ceiling, definitely 14-2. Floor, if it, it's not going to happen, but the floor would probably be 11-5. 10-6 is too bad for them. 11-5 would probably be their floor. 12-4, so 
um, is definitely what I think they're going to be. 13-3, I definitely think that they have a shot at, at going 13-3. Um, that's why that's why I wrote it down, but 12-4 seems more probable, especially look at the division they're in. The Broncos are coming up. But, yeah, by far, the Chiefs have the best. They are the best talent, almost best team in the division by far. Reigning Super Bowl champions. Um, Force won the division last year. Best team in the AFC um, as of right now. The Ravens had the best regular season record, um, but the Chiefs took took the best team in the AFC spot as, as winning the Super Bowl and carrying his team, and with Holmes carrying his team to the playoffs. Andy Reid, great coach, will go down as a Hall of Fame coach. Um, I love what Andy Reid does. He's just great. I love what Andy Reid does. Um, yeah, but this is a star-studded and a very explosive offense. Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, best quarterback in the NFL, had 50 passing touchdowns You know, in 2018, the year that he won MVP um, and had a lot of passing yards, had over 4,000. Definitely with 3,000, had over 4,000 passing yards. And he led the league in passing touchdowns as well with 50 that year. Just he's so good. He's the best on talent in the NFLs right now, best quarterback overall in the NFL. Great touch on his deep balls. Great persistence, great pocket presence and awareness, and decent mobility. He showed that Dragon plays on and and making great plays with his legs against the Titans in the AFC Championship, and even got a touchdown on it. Now he made something out of nothing with his legs, spinning on two defenders. I think it might have been Kevin Byard or Dory Jackson, but yeah. Um, Chiefs are a very explosive team. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, reigning M not the reigning MVP, former MVP, 2018. Best quarterback NFL right now, Russell Wilson 2, Lamar 3. Well, Lamar 2 right now, but Russell Wilson 3. But in terms of all-time, definitely Russell Wilson at 2 as of right now. Patrick Mahomes, well, if all-time, it would be obviously Tom Brady. But if we're talking about right now, i got to go Patrick Mahomes 1, Lamar 2, Russell Wilson 3. But I do think Russell Wilson is better than Lamar Jackson. But right now, we got to ride the hot hand for reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. I'm going with him, especially, especially as dynamic as he was last year. Carrying on to a 14-2 record in terms of the regular season. Um, didn't carry that much on in the playoffs. They got stumped by a 9-7 you know, Tennessee Titans for global team with, with Ryan Tannehill, an average quarterback at best at, at the helm. Played extremely well last year, but an average quarterback at best. Well, yeah. Got the Chiefs. 12-4-13-3. Like I mentioned, one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. They had the fastest, probably the most explosive offense in the NFL. Um, still have a great offense of line, even without Duvernay Tardif there. Still have, you know, a guy like Eric Fisher, who's great. Mitchell Swartz, the best offensive line on the team. And Eric Fisher, who's great. Who's good. And Patrick Mahomes, we talked enough about him, obviously. And then explosive receiving core, obviously. With Tyreek Hill, top five receiver in the NFL, I think he's the fourth best receiver in the NFL. One, I do think it is Michael Thomas, two. I think it's Julio Jones, three. DeAndre Hopkins, four. Tyreek Hill, five. Devontae Adams. But, yeah. Um, great, great receiving core. Explosive. Like I mentioned, one of the fastest, one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL might be the explosive. I think it is. Tyreek Hill, um, Sammy Watkins. Travis Kelsey, the second best tight end in the NFL, only on a Kittle, Ertz at three. Mm, um, and Demarcus Robertson. Like, oh my god. So much weapons. Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. I mean, <laughs> endless weapons. Kelsey at tight end, Demarcus Robinson. And then Damian Williams, he did opt out. So, young gun and 
going into be going to be a rookie this year in about three weeks. Kicks it off his rookie season. Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of LSU is going to be the starter, day one starter. That's probable. Now, no guarantees, but that's probable. I don't think a guy like Dorian Thompson is going to start. But that is probable. And then you go to the defense. Well, obviously a high-powered offense and very explosive offense with, with the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, former MVP 2018. And then at, at running back, you did have Dave Williams, but he opted out. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to come in. He's complements his rush game to be also a very good receiving back like he was for Big Coach O at LSU. Um, and then in the receiving core, Tyreek Hill, of course, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, and Travis Kelsey at 10 end. Unbelievable. And then a great offensive line with Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. And Duvernay, Duvernay Tardif did opt out, but yeah. On to the defense, I mean, Chris Jones is the best player in the defense, I think. Frank Clark is also really good on that defense, former Seahawk. Um, obviously, Tyron Matthews is a great safety for them. Um, Rashad Breland is a great is a good corner for them. Um, Morris Claiborne, I don't think they have anymore. Yeah, they also star-studded defense as well, so great team. I them going 12-4, but actually not 12-4, 13-3. Actually, I'll go. I'll go thirteen and three here. Nah, twelve and four, thirteen and three. Uh, gee, twelve and four, thirteen and three. We'll just end it at that. Two second division. I had the Broncos going eight and eight, a mediocre at best year. Um, we'll have B five hundred. I think they will be in playoff contention. I don't think they will battle the Chiefs enough to win the division. Obviously, um, about four games out. I think. The Broncos will be, you know, a high team in the hunt. They will be in playoff, you know, contention as 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 time ticks down and this end of the season starts rolling around. They will have to fight. They'll fight their way in the playoffs. But I think with this star study, I think it I think it's a possibility. But eight and eight, um, I have them going eight and eight right there. One of the teams that if 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 like a team say. If a team like, um, I'm trying to find a good example. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to be in that bubble too in the hunt. Um, Texans could be in that realm. A team like the Browns could be in that realm. But we'll get into, but they don't have Nick Chubb right now and nor Mac Wilson. So that's going to hurt in both the running game as well as on their defense for Mac Wilson. The running game for Nick Chubb's gonna hurt, but um, yeah, a very very star-studded team on this offensive end. Drew Locke last year played only seven games and had what, like, over two thousand passing yards or over one thousand passing yards. Still had an efficient year. I mean, he had like seven touchdowns or so, or like six touchdowns. But um, he did one thing I did notice is a guy like. And Cortland Sutton, a guy like Cortland Sutton, did have a thousand yards receiving last year. Deshaun Hamilton and no help. Tim Patrick and no help. Both had under three hundred. But you get a guy like Jerry Judy now was a beast at um, Alabama, an LSU rival. Whew, that's a very very good team. 
Um, I mean, very, very good player. Um, in my opinion, CeeDee Lamb is the best wide receiver in this class. I think Jerry Judy is... I think Jalen Rieger is the most explosive. Jerry Judy uh, is one of the fastest. Henry Ruggs is one of the fastest. I think the best hands goes to CeeDee Lamb. I just, I just don't think that, you know... I just don't think a guy like... I, I just really don't think a guy like... Um, Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick could could step up last year, but the big names that step up, Quillen Sutton over a thousand yards receiving in the rushing game. Now Philip Lindsay was injured for a little bit. Royce Freeman did get a little bit of touches as well. But but now they have Melvin Gordon. So that's gonna melt they have Melvin Gordon as well as you know Philip Lindsay to, to be a two punch duo in the running back room, which is great. And along with the receiving game, of course, with Quillen Sutton at over a thousand yards receiving last year. Um, Noah Fant had a pretty good year last year. I think he had around 400 receiving yards, a little bit over that. As a rookie tight end last year, he was a valuable piece. He was a valuable. And then you get Jerry Judy, of course. Great hands, great speed, great route running. And then you get KJ Hamler in the slot, so more targets. I mean, wow. But I have them going 8-8. Eight and eight. The Broncos defense, Von Miller, Nick Chubb, great pass rushers. I'm also great linebackers as well. Of course, the sack total for Miller went down because he spent a little bit of time on the sidelines last year with injuries. But, um, yeah, yeah, not 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 too bad, not too bad. Of course, they will lose Chris Harris, but they do get gain gain X um, Jag uh, Texan and Jaguar AJ Boye. But um. I mean, yeah, like a great, great. That's not too bad of a defense. Justin Simmons at safety as well. Kareem Jackson at safety. I mean, yeah, it's not too bad of a defense. Not too bad of a pass rush. Um, but I think they go eight and eight because I think they gotta get the chemistry down. But they are gonna struggle a little bit. They're in the division at the Chargers going seven and nine. Now, you guys might be surprised by like what Chargers seven and nine. It's like, yeah, they're not going five and eleven like last year. They're, they're not that bad. Um course under under a coach like Anthony Lynn they do keep okay the two starts that receivers had over that had over a thousand yards receiving last year Keen Allen and Mike Williams okay they lose Travis Benjamin but they lose Melvin Gordon in the running game but that gives more opportunity to a guy like Austin Eckler who went off last year so they hope to improve and be have a very valuable running game with Eckler he's also a great receiving back um, like I mentioned but Tyrod Taylor, they did get Justin Herbert. Todd Taylor is the main starter. Maybe day one starter, probably. Um, yeah, just an overall great, 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 great. Okay, they do get Tyrod Taylor, but they do have two thousand yard receivers. That had a thousand yard receivers last year with, of course, Keenan Allen and I got like Mike Williams, but Austin Eckler, the rushing game. Okay, tight end is probably going to be Hunter Henry, but he's injury prone. Now look at the defense. Melvin Gordon skipping practices, but I don't know why. Of course, Hard Knocks is kicking off right now. Kicked off at 10 p.m. Um, but yeah, I mean. A guy like, of course, Antonio Gates retired a long time back. Not a long time back, but a few years. 
but yeah, I think going seven to nine mainly because of the defense. Derwin James, Chris Harris, they got Derwin James, a great safety, top three safety in the NFL, definitely top five, definitely top three. Um, and then you got a guy like Casey Hayward at corner, and then get Chris Harris at corner. Great, great defense. Melvin Gordon, Joey Bosa, of course, pass rush. Great, great defense. So I have them going five and seven. The offensive line is in. At fourth, I have the Raiders going seven and nine or six and ten. I think it's going to be uh, the Chargers could be in playoff contention, um, but I think they're going to fall short. They go and go seven and nine. Um, Raiders seven and nine or six and ten. I'd probably say around the seven and nine area. They went eight and eight last year, or or seven eight and one or something like that. Or eight seven and one or so, something like that, but yeah, they didn't have too bad of a year last year. Um, Derek Carr has been getting no credit for what he's been doing as a quarterback in this league ever since since twenty fourteen. He's been a great quarterback in the MVP conversation in twenty sixteen. Great, great quarterback. You got Marcus Mariota now, so Carr's probably gonna be the starter. Of course, you got Tyrell Williams. Wide receiver. You did draft Henry Ruggs. You got speed there. You get got Aguilar. Um, apparently, Gruden likes Aguilar. He's going to give him playing time. Hunter Renfrew in the slot. Of course, Darren Waller had a great year last year, over 1,000 yards receiving as a tight end. Of course, Josh Jacobs is a rookie. Um, was in was a candidate for Rookie of the Year. I think he was after Kyler Murray, who won it, and A.J. Brown, who had a 1,000 yards receiving. But the third was probably Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he had over 1,000 yards rushing in his rookie year. Now, go to the offensive line, the top two center in the NFL. Actually, I think he's the best center in the NFL. Well, the best center, in my opinion, is Jason Kelsey. But the second best is Rodney Hudson for other Raiders. Great, great center. Now, go to the defense. Um, defense could use some improvement. Of course, Max Crosby is a pass rusher. Of course, they lost Khalil Mack a while back. But Max Crosby is a key focal point of that Pass rushing, uh, the pass rush attack. Of course, you got Daryl Worley. Well, Daryl Worley, I think they lost him. But yeah, the secondary does need a little bit of help. Um, it's not too bad though. But yeah, I have them going seven nine or six and ten. And that pretty that wraps up episode seventy seven part two, guys. Um, and yeah, guys, we'll catch you guys later.